the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Paul was tenacious. Paul was laser focused. He, Paul, you got to study his life. He outworked everyone in finishing God's assignment for him. And every one of us should have such passion. Every one of us should live with such purpose. Not in chasing the temporary things of this world, no. But we should have passion in reaching this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Good evening and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. If you've been searching for a place to be spiritually fed, you've found it. Like you, we believe the Holy Bible contains the spiritual nourishment we need to become faithful servants to God and help grow His kingdom here on earth. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us tonight. I want you... uh... Inside your bulletin, there's some sermon notes. I want you to take that uh, outline out. I also uh, want you to take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 20. We're going to look at some verses here, kind of skip around. So you need to have your Bible open uh, to Acts chapter 20. And we're going to look at that and some other verses of Scripture today. This weekend is certainly a weekend of reflection. We ought to be asking ourselves... What is the most important thing in life? What are the most important things in life? First and foremost, most important thing has to be God. It has to be Jesus. It has to be our faith in God, our relationship with Jesus. The matters of faith are most important in life. The second on a pecking order would have to be our family, our friends our children, our loved ones. Amen? And I would say this week, the third thing on that list would just be realizing that life is but a vapor, that we live in a land of sudden death, that no one is guaranteed tomorrow. You're not even guaranteed that you're going to be here at dinner time tonight. There are no guarantees. The importance of living life with purpose, serving God, fully, completely, every moment of every day, not living for self, but living in the will of God and living for the purposes of God. The Bible, in many different passages, you'll see some of them today, compares our Christian life as a race that's supposed to be won. In your outline, up at the top, the first verse is 1 Corinthians 9, 24, where Paul writes to the church at Corinth, Do you not know? In other words, you ought to know this. Do you not know that in a race, all of the runners run, but only one gets the what? 
the prize. However, run in such a way as to get the prize. If you're in the race, you should be running, striving to win that prize. And so the question is, are you running to win? Are you fully committed? Are you in it to win it? In Acts chapter 20, I hope you have your Bibles open, Paul was on a missionary journey, and as he was traveling, he came close to a city called Ephesus. He wasn't going to Ephesus, he was just kind of, he was kind of like sailing through, and he got near to Ephesus, and he knew there was a time in his life where he had spent three years living inside that city, working at the church in Ephesus, and he had, he had developed this close a personal relationship with the leadership of that church because they had worked together for three years. And he's on his way through and he's, he's starting to sense as though this would be the last time that he would ever see. And you know, that's the thing about tragedy. You, you, you need to say what you need to say now while you're here because you never know when you're gone or someone else is gone. That, that's, we've all kind of seen that this week. And so he's going through Ephesus and he's like, this might be my last chance to ever see these men that I have worked with and I toiled with for three years working in that church. And so he sends for them because he wants to talk to them one last time. He wants to say a few things uh, knowing that this will be the last chance he'll have. He wants to love them and hug them and visit with them one last time. And if you go down to the very last verse of chapter 20, the very last verse, verse 38... You can see what grieved them the most, these elders, was his statement that they would never see his face again. And so they're all hurting, they're all grieving because they know they're never going to see each other again. Now, you do know that there are some people, when they're gone, you're not going to miss them. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Paul's case with these Ephesian elders, they were going to miss each other. Why? Because they truly loved each other. They cared about each other. And in the midst of this farewell discussion, because he's not going to see them, he's going on, he's got plans, he's on a missionary journey, he's got things to do. He says these words. Now, these are his goals. This is his plan. Look at uh, Acts 20, verse 22. He says, now compelled by the Spirit... I'm going on to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, he says in verse 24, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim, my only goal in life, he says, I want to finish the what? I want to finish the race. And he says, I want to complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. What task was that? He tells you the task of testifying the good news of God's grace. I want you to go up there and see that phrase, finish the race. I want you to, if you have your Bible, circle the word finish. That word finish in the Greek is teleao. And it's a word that means to complete. It's a word that means to fulfill. For those of you that know your Bible, it is the exact same word that Jesus used on the cross in John 19, verse 30. 
When he said these words, which were his last words, it is what? Finished. On the cross, Jesus, as he dies, he's saying, I have finished my task of bringing salvation to the whole world. It is complete. My life, I have lived my life fulfilling God's purpose for me here on this earth. But in Acts chapter 20, as Paul is looking out to the rest of his life, he is saying, I too want to fulfill my purpose that God has for me here in this life. I too want to finish God's assignment for my life here on this earth. Now, I want you to go back up and look at verse 24. Look at verse 24 one more time. Look at that verse. What, what, what verse is it? What verse? 24. Say that number one more time. 24. 24. Let's see. Who wore that number? Kobe wore that number. I know this is going to sound strange to some of you, but I believe that Paul was the first black mamba. That's what I believe. You say, why would you say that? Well, you need to study the life of Paul. Paul was tenacious. Paul was laser-focused. At one time in his life, he was trying to kill Christians. He was the number one guy in the world persecuting Christians. He was, he was on a mission. And then, and then God turned his life around. He became a Christian, and God turned his life completely. He, had, he took that same tenaciousness but now he's using it to lead people to Jesus Christ. He, 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 Paul, you got to study his life. He outworked everyone in finishing God's assignment for him. And every one of us should have such passion. Every one of us should live with such purpose, not in chasing the temporary things of this world. No. But we should have passion in reaching this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to live, you know, we're talking about the rest of this year, maybe the next 10 years. I I want to live the rest of my days here on this earth. However much time God gives me preaching and teaching and reaching every single person in this city so that... At the end of my time here on this earth, as I look back over my life, I can say I have finished the race, I have completed the task, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. I don't really have time to adequately explain how Paul did without question He spent the rest of his life on this earth completing God's assignment for his life. If you look at verse 21, he said, I have have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. He said these words down in verse 26 and 27. He said, therefore, I am innocent of the blood of all men. What's that mean? He can say, this is what he means. If anybody dies, I'm innocent of their blood because I have without question done everything in my power to help lead them to Christ. He says in verse 27, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Can you say that? 
Can you say I'm innocent of the blood of everyone in my family? If they die and they end up in a place called hell, it's not going to be on my hands because I did everything I could do possibly to lead them to Jesus Christ. Can you say that about everyone on your block? That I am innocent of the blood of all the people in my city. I'm innocent of the blood of all the people where I work because I have without question, I have not hesitated to tell them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can you say those words? Paul could because he was relentless. He was fearless. He was persistent. He didn't go on one missionary journey. He didn't go to two missionary journeys. He didn't go to three missionary journeys. He went on four missionary journeys. You say, well, that's not that big of a deal. Oh, yes, it was. Back in those days, they had no modern transportation. They didn't have cars back in those days. They didn't have cell phones back in those days. Most of you couldn't last 24 hours without your cell phone. They didn't think about this. They didn't have light bulbs back in those days. There was no electricity. There were no refrigerators. There were no gas-powered engines. There were no Teslas. There were no Ubers, no planes, no trains, no internet, no Airbnb, no Southwest Airlines. They didn't have motorcycles. They didn't have bicycles. They didn't even have roller skates back in those days. And yet he left and went on four of these journeys trying in every city he went to. He was planting churches in almost every city. The Bible says that he spoke in the synagogue each and every weekend. And the rest of the week, day by day, he was knocking on doors and going inside houses and sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And at the very end, now this is kind of complicated. In 1 Corinthians 9, he's saying, this is my goal, this is my aim. But by the time you get to 2 Timothy, which is the second verse in your outline, he's now at the end of his life. Nero has thrown him into a a prison called the Mamertine Prison, which is in Rome. It is dark. It is cold. The sewer from the Colosseum goes right through it. It smells. There are rats. And at the very end of his life, as he's in that prison, he's not getting out. When he gets out, Nero's going to cut his head off. He's at the end of his life. And the very last book that he writes while he's inside that prison, they're going to take him out and cut his head off. His very last words that he writes is 2 Timothy. And as he looks back over his life, he says these words in 2 Timothy 4, 6, For I have already been poured out like a drink offering. The time has come for my departure. And he says in verse 7, I have, see back in 1 Corinthians, he was saying, this is what I want to do. Now he's at the end of his life and he looks back and he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Number one, I have fought the good fight quickly. The Christian life is a battle. It's not easy being a Christian. Some of you think I'll become a Christian. Everything's going to be rosy dozy in my life. No, it's not going to be rosy dozy. Now, there are always good things and bad things to argue over. The battle between good and evil, right and wrong, is always a battle worth fighting. That's a good battle. Fighting for the life of an unborn child, that's a good fight. That's a good fight. Just so you know. Fighting Fighting for racial equality and justice. That is a good fight to fight. You need to fight that battle. 
fighting to save your marriage when it's falling apart. You need to keep fighting. Don't give up. Don't give up. Fighting to protect your children from the culture in which we live that is trying to take your child and sweep them out to sea. You keep fighting for the life of your child. The most important fight that any of us fight is the battle that's being waged for the soul of man. Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 26, what good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world yet forfeit his soul? You keep fighting to see men and women get saved. Some issues aren't worth fighting over. Fighting over a parking spot (laughs) is petty. (laughs) Fighting over your neighbor's barking dog. It's not worth getting upset over. Fighting over the fact that your child got a B when they should have got an A. It's not worth arguing over. Nobody cares. (laughs) Fighting over the fact that the line at the coffee shop is just too long and too slow. Relax. There's another coffee. 10,000 coffee shops around the corner. Relax. You're wasting your time and energy on so many small things that don't really matter when you could be fighting for something really important like leading your friends or your family to Jesus Christ. That's worth fighting over. Paul said back in Acts 20, verse 31, he says, remember, he said those guys remember that for three years. I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. What is is he saying? He's saying every day for three years, every day that I was with you, I was teaching, I was warning, I was, I had this, he was crying, he was so involved emotionally in their spiritual journey. Number two, quickly, I finished the race. The Christian life, you got to get this, it's a marathon. It's a marathon. Run in such a way as to get the prize. It's very important that you as a Christian see yourself in a race. If you're saved, you're, you're supposed to be running as though you're trying to win. Again, that's 1 Corinthians verse 24. There it is again. And you need to know this, that the race that we run, it is not a 100-yard dash. It's a 26-mile marathon. Being a Christian is hard. It takes work. You have to endure. It's a battle. It's a race. Now write this down. The race begins the day you got saved. Whatever day you got saved, you should know what day you got saved. If you don't know what date you got saved, maybe you're not saved. You should know the day, you know, you know when you were, the day you're born physically, you should know the day you're born spiritually, right? So the race begins uh, when you're saved. Your race ends when one of two things happen. One is when you die, or two is when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. Now, when the race is over, when you die, at that moment... It's too late to go back over your entire life and undo anything that you did. You can't say, well, I wish, I, I, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish, I wish I'd, I wish I'd been in the, I wish I, I wish I would have read my Bible more. I, I wish I would have praised God. I wish I would have led my neighbors to Christ. I, 
I wish my family members would have been saved. I, I wish I would. I wish I would. I, you can't change anything. That's, that's why right now when you're in the race, you need to run it to win it. You're in it to win it. Right now is the time to run. Right now is the time to sprint. You say, well, I'm tired. Okay. When you get to heaven, you can rest. Right now? We don't, have, we don't have time. There's too much at stake now not to give my all. The big important truth is that when you're in this race, as you're running, make sure you always keep your eyes on the prize. Don't be looking around at everything. Just when you run, you can't run. You can't run if you're looking backwards. Paul wrote these words to the church of Philippi. He said, not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Verse 13, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of this, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I strain toward that which is ahead. I press on toward the goal, which is to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Some of you have to stop looking backwards at things that have happened in your past and things that have happened in your life. God will give you grace. He's going to give you strength. He'll let you overcome anything in your past. Whatever is in your past does not need to hold you back as long as you continue to walk towards the prize which God has called you to walk. The Hebrew writer said these words, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance. Uh, The Bible says the race that's marked out for us, verse 2, fixing, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning his shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. What that means is, as you're running your race, you just keep your eyes on Jesus. And you look and see what he endured on the cross. That he died for you, that nails went through his hands and his feet. They threw that spear in his side, they beat his back, they plucked his beard. But he didn't quit. He didn't give up. He just endured. And as you're running this race, yes, bad stuff's going to happen to you. But just keep your eyes on Jesus. And the fact that he endured will help you endure whatever you're going through. If you were blessed by Pastor Dudley's message and would like to pray with someone, our phone lines are available now and ready for your call. Our number is easy to remember. Call us right now at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. Our Lift Up Jesus phone counselors are ready for any prayer needs you may have at this time. If you would like more information about Pastor Dudley Rutherford, Shepherd Church, or this ministry, be sure to visit our website, liftupjesus.com. The greatest story ever told is more than just a cliche. God goes to great lengths to rescue lost and hurting people. That is what the story is all about. The story of the Bible, God's great love affair with humanity. 
Condensed into 31 accessible chapters, the story sweeps you into the unfolding progression of Bible characters and events from Genesis to Revelation. Using the New International Version, it allows the stories, poems, and teachings of the Bible to read like a novel. The story features a foreword by Max Licato and Randy Frazee and tells the story of a true God who loves his children, who established for them a way of salvation. Each story in these 31 chapters reveals the God of grace, the God who speaks, the God who acts, the God who listens, the God whose love for his people culminated in his sacrifice of Jesus, his only son, to atone for the sins of humanity. The story, the Bible is one continuing story of God and his people, can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. Our toll-free number is 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order your copy of The Story directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. If you're looking for a resource that will help make the Bible easier for you to read, then this is the book for you. Get your copy of The Story. The Bible is one continuing story of God and His people today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again tomorrow night at the same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.